<laughs> Hi, my name is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I have an amazing guest for you, Wiccan priestess and author Deborah Blake of this great new book called The Eclectic Witches Book of Shadows. But before I tell you about that, let me tell you about the week. If you are listening the week of the 15th, 16th of August, we've got some really fun things coming up. Uh, my Thursday $10 class, we are doing the Wheel of the Year, Pagan Holidays. So anybody interested in that, you know, what is Samhain? What is what is Yule? Oh, Halloween, Christmas, how the pagan holidays and moon cycles can fit into your life, whether or not you call yourself a pagan or a witch. It's very elemental, earth-based. So that's what I'm doing in my Thursday $10 class. And in my Sunday, um, we're doing for, it's not a class, I'm doing $30 group readings. So anybody who goes, I can't really go see you and whatever, you could do a group reading where everybody gets great readings, we talk for $30 and that's next Sunday. But the thing I'm most excited about, oh, there's two things I'm most excited, I'm really excited about. I just booked Michigan Paracon. Yeah, I get to go. That is like the biggest Paracon. And that's the week after next, the weekend of the 26th, 27th. I will be in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, way up there somewhere. I'm going to be doing a mediumship gallery, Dean Haglund there. I mean, everybody's there. Everybody goes to this one, um, from Jason Hawes to everybody you recognize from television. And I'm like a little kid jumping up and down going, I get to go too. So if you're anywhere near Michigan or willing to get there, come to the Michigan Paracon um, and see me. I can't wait. The other thing I'm really, really excited about, my witching hour, as you know, we have a new home. It's my paranormal network. And we have a new campaign, 13 weeks to Halloween. Yeah, 13 weeks to Halloween. And I am taping this on Friday the 13th. What better day to do this, even if you're watching it a couple days later. So Halloween is everybody's favorite holiday, right? Right, just say right. So. What do you do when you're really happy? You do a happy dance. So we are having a contest. We are having giveaways. We are having prizes. We are doing all sorts of crazy things. All you gotta do is dance for us. 30 second dance. Put on your Halloween finest costume, this or that, and give us your best or worst 30 second dance. All you have to do is make sure you tag my paranormal network and hashtag Halloween happy dance. My Paranormal Network, Halloween Happy Dance. You can win my book. You can win amazing things from Bridget Marquardt. For everybody's putting together stuff. And the grand prize is a trip for two, airfare and all to Las Vegas and a mysterious paranormal investigation. So I hope you win and I hope it's worth a 30 second dance. So tune it in, post it. I can't wait to see your happy dance. I promise it can't be any worse than mine. <laughs> What time is it, you say? It is time for the Willow update. Yes, she is still a devil dog. She is still the devil dog. Besides eating walls, she just ate her entire doggy bed. It's a beautiful chase lounge made for a princess, not a princess who eats all the stuffing off it. Not only did she eat all the stuffing on it, she was chewing on the little tacks that hold the stuffing in. Not good for a puppy. We got them all out of her mouth. But the other thing about Willow is this week is that she had her first real taste of Hollywood. Yes, maybe when she was in Hollywood four days, she made it on Getty Images. And she did four days in Hollywood. She had a star sighting and amoeba music. And she is on Getty Image. You can look her up. But this was her first big disappointment. We had a big neighborhood block party here in the Hollywood Hills where I live. And there is a pet contest. Everybody, all, eh, she's eating my necklace. All Everybody said is, Willow's going to win. Willow's going to win. Willow's going to win. And there was, it was a lot of competition. There was like 20, 30 dogs in this. So dogs are going. She looks great. She is strutting in front of the judges. She is happy and she is smiling and she has the cutest dress of everybody. She has the prettiest hair of anybody. And then they start calling the judges. Fido wins this, you know, Sally wins that. The, the prizes are going on and on and on. And, you know, you know, Mike gets this and the other dog gets that. Old dogs, young dogs, big dogs, little dogs. All the prizes were gone away. Willow didn't get a single one. 
But I figure she has to learn really early the cruelty of Hollywood. So <laughs> you can't get every audition. And you can't eat mama's jewelry all the time. Walls, jewelry, earbuds. That's your Willow Report for this week. See you next week if I still have a house. So this week's magic, since Deborah's book is all about a book of shadows, I was going to talk a little bit about writing. What a book of shadows is, well, it could be a lot of things, but it's where a witch or a person maybe writes their favorite spells or their thoughts or their rituals or their secrets. Sometimes it is very secret. It's just among themselves as a solitary practitioner. Sometimes it's shared amongst a coven if you have one. Her book is very, like, helps laid out, shows you things, show you things, especially if you're a beginner or you don't have the best memory in the world to remember on your own and you're an, not a beginner. Um, but there is something magical about writing, whether you call it journaling or you call it a book of shadows, putting your thoughts on paper, and I think plain paper and writing and a pen or a pencil. You could do it on computer, too. You could do it on typing, too. But never give up on handwriting because there's still something magical of that hand. And, you know, whether you're doing my dream school technique where I'm having you commit a whole two minutes to journaling in the morning, it's amazing what you can get in two minutes, especially letting your mind flow, letting your thoughts flow, setting your intention for the day. You know, maybe you need a gratitude journal, just things you're grateful for. As we know, the last few years, whether it's new agers or spiritual people, it's all about gratitude. And we remember the things that drive us crazy. We remember the things we're not grateful for. What if we put that focus into what we're grateful for? So even if it's a one sentence a day gratitude, I am grateful because I'm here. I have a cat. I have a journal to write. I appear and I have a cat. Or, wow, I am really lucky. I have a family. Whatever it is you have. Gratitude is everything and it helps it to grow and grow. So whether you call it journaling or whether you call it a book of shadows, old school grimoire, the secrets of a witch, write down your thoughts, write down your words. There's magic in just writing them down. Okay, without further ado, Willow and I, though she's going to the floor, let me introduce to you my beautiful guest this week, Deborah Blake. Deborah is an award-winning author and co-creator of many books and decks, including Everyday Witch Tarot, The Goddesses in the Details, and Everyday Witch Book of Rituals. For more information, you can check her out at DebraBlakeAuthor.com. But without further ado, let me introduce you to her to myself. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. I just really felt so in love with you, um, with your work, with your work. Um, Thank you. So the book that I have, well, I guess we could even just start there, is the Eclectic Witch Book of Shadows. I must say, I have never seen something so well put together. Honestly, I wish I would have had this 30-whatever years ago when I started. So how did this come about? Well, first of all, uh, this is my, uh, I think, 12th book for Llewellyn. I know, that's a little insane. I don't know how that happened. And um, at one point, I emailed my editor, Alicia, uh, who I adore, and said to her, look, I had this idea. It's a little out there, you know, but run with me, you know. And I said, I'd like to do a book of shadows, which is basically sort of a witch's um, journal, encyclopedia, you know, you write down everything in it that's part of your witchcraft practice, or for some people, you just write down your spells and rituals that you do. But I said, I really want to do like a fully illustrated one that looks as if, you know, the so a witch had drawn in it herself. And look what they let me do. Now, I, I should say, I did not do the illustrations because uh, it would be stick figures. It would, I, I do the writing. Uh, the artist is actually a woman named Mickey Mueller, who also did the cover, which is so, so beautiful. But yeah, so it's fully illustrated and it's got all these spaces for people to add their own thoughts and their own investigations as they as they go along. But... Uh, yeah, it was I, I, it was sort of a long shot because they never do fully illustrated books. They're expensive to print. 
And it's my first hardcover, which is really exciting because most of my books are, you know, sort of the regular old soft cover. This is the little book of cat magic. I need that one. Everybody (laughs) which Captain likes cats should get. Um, But yeah, so it's, they did a fabulous job at it. I mean, I love working with Llewellyn anyway. They're a fabulous publisher, but I, I think they really knocked it out of the park with this one. Not that I'm at all prejudiced. <laughs> yeah, but I think you knocked it out of the park with this one. I mean, you start everywhere. Even you say the difference, what a book of shadows is, and it's not some ancient thing. It's, you know, maybe from the 40s. And then what a difference in a grimoire. And then you just go right into it. Herbs, you need to know about herbs. I guess you're going to be with herbs. And then you talk about herbs and your favorite. And then you go into stones. Every which It just... Oh, I love my stones. Ah. I have to say I'm a little bit of a of a rock junkie when it comes to... Well, witchcraft, life, you know, I have I have stones all over my house. I have them on my altars. I have a cupboard full of stones that I use um, for witchcraft. I use for energy healing work. I actually was doing a session earlier today on somebody who was in really bad shape, and I had five different stones scattered all around the table I was on. So, yeah, it's it's basically a book full of the things that I use I've been a practicing witch for many years. Um, <laughs> yeah, a long time. Um, Thirty years, twenty-five years, somewhere in there. Um, and in that time, I've accumulated a lot of knowledge. And that's basically what a book of shadows is: is it's where a witch keeps her knowledge. And they used to be secret. I mean, that was one of the things that, you know, if you had a coven, your coven probably had a shared book of of shadows. And if you joined the coven, you would be allowed to access that information that was in that book. But you couldn't tell anybody else. And, you know, even the magical books that predated, you know, the modern book of shadows, the ones like you said, the grimoire and and, and it wasn't just witches. Many cultures had yeah. magical books. Um, and usually the contents were secret and you had to, you know, have them passed along to you by somebody. Nowadays, luckily, we have information that's more readily available to us. So I could write my book of shadows and share it with, you know, anybody who needed such a thing. A lot of witches have their own. They they write their own yeah. Not everybody has the inclination to do that or the time to do that. Um, Or if they're just starting out, they don't have the knowledge to do it. So this is a great starting place, even if you do something of your own completely independently. Yeah, that's what this is. Again, it seems very doable. That's how it have... I work and, and and I teach as well. It's not like here's some big mystery. I I know when I started, I again a hundred years ago, I would buy <laughs> these big heavy books and I would like look at them and I would get overwhelmed or I would get bored and I would put them on a shelf and go like ah. Oh. And then yeah. I would buy something simplistic. This is just so well laid out. So anybody, th- I could work with this and I know what I'm going to go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's that? Wh- what was that stone for that again? Cause I really cannot keep it all in my head. My oh, head is me either. Way too crowded. In fact, to tell you the truth, that's part of the reason I came up with the idea for doing this book of shadows. I have all this information in my books, you know, behind me, I've got, you know, all of my books and I have hundreds of books written by other people but I got tired of writing a ritual for my group and going, oh, wait, which was the stone for prosperity that I used the last time? And so this is actually, for me, a very convenient <laughs> way to gather a lot of that practical information. I mean, not necessarily, you know, like obviously the Book of Cat Magic has a whole lot of cat-specific things. So those aren't in this book. And I have a book, a spell book, um, you know, those, that's a place I'd go to look for that. But yeah, it is so nice to have all the basics in one place where, and there's recipes in there. If you want to, if you want to make a, a feast recipe, I throw a couple of those in there because that's something people put in. Yeah, I saw that. I actually went through all the chapters and I go, you have everything you need. I hope you, you memorize you spells it and invocations and gods and goddesses and divination and rituals and recipes. And it's it's like, oh, 
Okay, I got, I got it all. I'm getting on a plane. Um, so again, I have a lot of like new people just discovering the path or a path or creating their own path. If you have, since you like the simplistic path, if you have a, a go-to herb, what is your go-to herb to work? Or do you have one? Um, it depends on what I'm doing. I have a couple. Um, I love lavender. Mm. Lavender is it's wonderful for healing and calming. Um, it, it's got some very practical medicinal applications. If you get like a bug bite and it itches, put a little dab of lavender on it. But that's one of the reasons why lavender is so great for healing work in magical. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the little jingling sound. That is one of my cats playing with some wind chimes. That's, oh. That is Diana who is the youngest, she just turned up and that was her jumping on the table. What are you doing, monkey? Yeah, she's she's still a little on the wild side and uh, and she she does like to, you know, get into the into the action. Um, so yeah, lavender is a wonderful one. It also can help you sleep. It's a good one if you're making a magical sleep sachet. Um, rosemary is another one I really love. I, I cook with it. All of my herbs, because I'm a bit, I'm a very practical witch. I like to get. Come here, you. Here, meet Diana. She's beautiful. She's yes, beautiful. she's she's a nutball. She's she's a rescue. All my cats are rescues, and uh, she uh, she was actually a foster cat. I I took in her her mom and her three siblings, and I was supposed to give them back, and everybody else I managed to except except that thing who decided I belonged to her and uh-huh. there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, so rosemary is protective. In fact, people used to plant rosemary by their front door as a protection from thieves and illness and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, so I re- and it's, it's supposed to be good for your brain, which, you know, I should probably be burning rosemary incense constantly <laughs> since my brain gets fuzzier by the day. Um, and um, of course, sage, you know, I am the queen of the sage smudge stick. I just, my group Blue Moon Circle, we start every ritual by burning sage because it, we've been doing it for so long. We've started working together in 2004, if you can wow. believe it. It's a very long time for a group to be together. But because we always start our rituals with that way, as soon as we start burning it, we know to you know, take a deep breath and let go of the outside world and get into sort of mental sacred space. And I also use it if I feel like my house has got some icky energy or I've got some icky energy. Those are probably my three favorites, but I I love herbs. I use them all the time. And I do kitchen witchery too. I add them to food purposely. So yeah, I, I could just talk about herbs for the whole time. I love that. Well, I just want to kind of go through your book because I just was so enamored with it. So that's where you start with herbs and then you go into stones and you're yeah. a stone girl. So, I mean, what do you, if you have a, do you have a go-to stone or favorite stone? Like well, again, if I have a beginner going, I can get only a couple stones. To you know, the, I, again, the, my, one of my personal favorites is actually black onyx. My witch name is onyx. But I, that's more of a personal, I mean, it is a useful stone. It's very grounding. It's protective. I think if you, if you can only have, say, two stones, and, and if you're starting out, you're not going to go buy the store out and, and, well, all right, I would, but some people are going to go to the gem store and buy all the stones. At Crystal Quartz, number one witchy stone, I think, um, it's good for everything. You can use it for healing. You can use it for protection. You can use it for clarity. And it's connected with the goddess. Um, it is sort of a classic witch stone. Um, and it's also just great for, you know, helping to sort of cleanse and clear yourself. If you're having a really bad day, pick up your piece of quartz and just hang out with it. Um, the other one that I really like as a general all-around good stone is amethyst. Amethyst is, you know, healing, it's protection, it's, it's um, you know, clarity, it's magic, you know, it's empowering in sort of a general kind of way. So those are, those are my two, you know, if you, if you can only have two. 
If you're going to do something like protection work, I also really like Red Jasper. Um, and, you know, there's always inexpensive substitutes for things, or you can get, you, you don't have to have a giant stone. I have a few giant stones, but you can you can have like a little amulet. You can have, um, you know, a, a very small tumbled stone. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to buy gem quality amethyst or or a big, you know, cut crystal this big. You probably will eventually if you really get into <laughs> witchcraft. I'm just warning you right now. Plan to make room for a lot of stones, but but to begin with, if you're if you're just exploring or if you're not sure this is the right path for you, or if you have a limited budget, which many of us do, um, you know, then yeah, it's good to start out with just a handful of tumbled <laughs> stones. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, this is good. So your next chapter in your book is candles. Are you a candle girl? Do you do a lot? Of I, I love candles. I think they are such an easy way to add atmosphere, to add a little energy, to, you know, to focus things. For people who are just starting out, the reason why we use things like herbs and stones and candles is to help us focus our energy and our intention when we're doing a spell or a ritual. You know, all of these things that we say, oh, well, this stone is good for prosperity and this herb is good for prosperity and this candle color green is good for prosperity. The more of those kind of things you have, especially when you haven't practiced a lot, the easier it is to sort of mentally remind yourself, oh, that's right, I'm doing prosperity magic and to focus your energy through the use of those things. They're also fun, I won't kid you. I mean, one of the reasons I use those things is because they are fun. However, if I'm in a hurry, or if I wanna do something really simple, or if I'm not doing a big ritual, I'm just reciting a spell I know, I may go with a candle. You know, That is one of the simplest, easiest ways just light a candle, send out your prayer or your spell into the universe or to whichever god or goddess you're maybe aiming it at. Um, and if you want to make your candles a little bit more powerful, you can etch things on them. Seriously, you can use a toothpick. This is how complicated my tools are. I mean, you can use anathema if you've got one, but a toothpick, there you go. Um, I, like I said, practical witch, um, you know, I. A lot of my books are, you know, like the tarot is the everyday witch tarot, and then I've got everyday witchcraft. It's because I see witchcraft as a part of my everyday life. It's how I live my life. It's how I walk my path. It isn't necessarily all big rituals and spell casting. It's more who I am. And part of that for me is this sort of practical down to earth nature. It's one of the reasons why people like my books. They're accessible. I'm not telling you to go out and buy mandrake root or, you know, some esoteric herb that you've never heard of, can't find or afford if you can. I use the stuff you can find in your kitchen, in your garden, you know, and, or at, you know, if your, your local new age store or witchy store, if you're lucky enough to have one. Um, yeah. You know, you want to make it, you want to make it easy. Witchcraft doesn't have to be this big, involved, ornate thing. Now, if that's what you like, by all means, you know, do the big ceremonies. You know, my group and I occasionally do very involved things. We also, this last year when things have been so difficult, you know, we sometimes just simple it way down because we don't have the focus. We don't have the concentration so don't feel like you have to do a big thing. Sometimes just light a candle. Yep, I agree. Um, and, and I like what you said, that it is a lifestyle over, here is my religion and I do this. It's it's stuff, it's tools. It's, it's a way to live life where you're, you are in harmony with earth because we're sitting here on this earth. Uh, well, and an yeah, awareness if we, don't, if we don't blow it up, burn it up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think? I get, we will get back to your beautiful book. So we've had this weird year and a half. Um, do you think that's part of some bigger plan or what do you think we're coming out of it? How does, I know more people are looking to the craft. What is that? Yeah, you know? well, it's, I have to say it was very interesting. One of the things I discovered was 
my tarot cards started selling like crazy. I mean, they've always sold very well since they came out. I think everybody who has always wanted to learn how to read tarot and didn't have the time when they were locked in their house for months, they went, now, now I'm going to do it. And thankfully they, they liked my deck, which is, which is great. I'll show them the big copy. And I'll show them the little copy. Yeah. yeah. And this, another great illustrator, this is Elizabeth Alba and she did the most amazing job. And it's got this wonderful full color book. And again, easy explanations for people who are just starting out. Um, one of the reasons why I did that tarot, and actually Llewellyn asked me to do one. I was like, what? Okay. Um, but one of the reasons that I wrote this one was because one of the women in my group had always been wanting to learn how to do tarot. And the Rider Weight deck, which is the deck I used for many years professionally, and I didn't have any problems with it, but it is a little on the esoteric side and it's a little old fashioned and she couldn't wrap her head around it. So I tried to make something more modern that people could go look at it and go, oh, okay, I, I get it. You know, that's, that's easy. But yeah, in answer to your question about this year, I honestly don't know. Um, I think we're all being tested. I, I don't, know that that's a plan of the gods. I, I think this is strictly on human beings, frankly. I think that, you know, having a spiritual belief for me makes it more bearable. Um, and I certainly know, you know, I have friends who are Christians and they feel the same way. You know, I, I try very hard to have faith that this is all going to work out to be okay, in part because I try really hard to take a positive attitude about everything and I see no point in sitting around going, oh, woe is me, it's all, you know, it's the end of the world as we know it. Um, <laughs> it's, I think it's gonna be okay. It may be a longer haul than any of us expected. And I think the biggest takeaway from this, for me, has been to really, it focused me on who and what was important in my life because you got cut off from so much. My family, extended family, started doing these Zoom calls with my cousin in Tel Aviv and my aunt in California and my sisters and my parents. And we probably talked more in that first you know, year than we talk in 10 normal years. So, you know, that was good. And, you know, I figured out, you know, that of course the thing I missed the most was my group because, we could not get together for most of the holidays. We managed a couple outside masked and distancing in the you know the summer and the fall. And it didn't feel the same. It was it was weird. Um, but then for Yule, we're always together for a Yule dinner party. We literally since 2004. And we did, you know, like a, a Zoom say hello to each other. We each sent one gift to one person and opened them together. But it was it was really hard. And I guess my takeaway is you got to be there for each other in whichever way you can, whether it is a show like this, which gives people the tools and the interesting information to maybe lead them down a new path, yeah. or whether it's putting out books that are hopefully going to help people, you know, um, I actually my the last book before this, this one is my only non-Llewellyn book. This actually came out from St. Martin's Press and it's Modern Witchcraft Goddess Empowerment for the Kick-Ass Woman. <laughs> and I, yeah, I knew you'd like that. And I did that because I felt like in the particular era we are living in, that women were feeling frustrated and angry and wanted to find positive ways to empower themselves. And so this is... This was my way of using witchcraft and goddess worship to do that. So, yeah, I think, you know, we all just have to stick together the best we can, be there for each other, be as positive as possible. And, you know, a few a few spells for for healing and uh, unity are not going to go amiss right now. No, no, I, I agree with you completely. Whatever, why, how, whatever. 
we can't control everything. We can control stuff, some stuff. We're witches. We, do, right. we can control and change some things, but not everything. Um, and then it's what you do with it. So, again, right. I do think it's like, oop, look at people learn tarot. People are, because when you've got fear going out, they're like, oh, I need help. And maybe they're their old school religion isn't working for them. So it, it, they're at least, I don't care what path they go, but they're discovering something things. that works for them. <laughs> that's, that's my big thing. Witchcraft is such a broad, um, you know, landscape because there are a whole lot of different ways to do it. Um, you know, uh, my introduction said I was a Wiccan, Wiccan high priestess. I don't even really call myself Wiccan anymore. Not that there's anything wrong with that. My first teacher, my first group was Wiccan. I've gotten to be sort of more eclectic in my practice over the years. And the women that I practice with are more eclectic. And, um, you know, so I say to people, whichever way works for you, there is no one right way to practice witchcraft. As long as you are harming none, that's my one big thing. As long as you do no harm to anyone else or to yourself, because that's included in harm none, you can do whichever path of witchcraft you know makes you happy. You want to be a green witch and spend most of your time out in nature and never even bother with a ritual? Go for it. Go hug a tree. I hug trees all the time. Um, and you know, if you want to be a kitchen witch and mostly manifest your witchcraft by you know cooking for the people you love, that's great too. Um, you want to be a crazy cat lady like me? Well, go for that. Yeah. No, I I agree, and I don't really call myself Wiccan anymore either. It's just it's an easier thing to do because the Everybody more I learn about that. So this you is Ember. Hi, Ember. Yes. What a beauty. Yeah, isn't she gorgeous? She's a very sweet girl. Ember. Yeah, her brother's, her brother's over there just far enough that I can't reach him, of course. Ah. Yep. yep, another rescue. I've got three that are about four years old, and then crazy little Diana's just turned two. Ah. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're helpful. Helpful. Yeah. Uh, they're not familiars, unfortunately. My, I had my cat Magic, who is mentioned in many of my books, um, who passed a few years ago. Uh, she was the only true familiar I ever had. These guys are just the cats that knock the herbs on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. There is a difference. Not every. It's, and it's sad that everybody's cat can't be their familiar, but they're not. They're just not. Nope. You know when when one exactly is, and that. And that's okay. So that's cute. I have a little four and a half month puppy at my feet, but I'm not going to pick her up because she will go crazy. And oh, yeah. No, no. If, if they're there. being good, I'll leave them alone. She's being good. She's being good. Um, so what, another one of your things that you go into, again, very simple, magical recipes. Like everything from, you know, charm bags and puppets. Again, that some people would go, oh, there's this big thing here. You make it very simple. So people would well, that's the part of the reason for that is because this is folk magic and it always was very simple. You know, the, the people who did this, um, you know, centuries ago who may or may not have called themselves witches, um, and may or may not have come from any sort of a lineage, uh, you know, they may have been the, the village wise woman, um, or an herbalist but they did integrate what we would call magic in with the kind of herbal things they were doing. Um, and sometimes they really did call themselves witches, obviously, but they would do very simple things. They would take the things that they had around them. Say you wanted, somebody was going to go on a long trip, which in those days really meant something. Um, and they were, you know, they wanted a protection amulet and yes, you would take a piece of fabric and you would put some protection herbs and maybe a protection stone in it, a, a clove of garlic, because garlic is very protective. Um, maybe write, you know, safe travels on it, wrap it all in together, put it on a leather thong and put it around their neck. It doesn't have to be any more complicated. And that's really our, our heritage from the people who came before us is not so much the complicated rituals and spells as it is the sort of practical everyday, yeah, you know, you, you know, you can make the little figure of a person, whether you make it out of clay or fabric or whatever it is, and it's called a poppet. And no, it's not a voodoo doll. I heard somebody thinking that right out there. No, it's not a voodoo doll because it's used for positive things. Yep, see, there's a poppet. 
Very simple. If you need healing, you can put healing things in it. If you need it for prosperity, put prosperity things. You can do it for yourself. You can do it for somebody else. The thing about doing magic for other people is my personal belief is you should never do it without permission. There are people who do, you know, this is not something everybody agrees on. For me, I wouldn't want anybody to do magic for or on me without asking my permission. I occasionally ask for help from somebody, but if say, say you've got a friend who is, is ill and you want to make them a, a healing poppet, always ask first, maybe they don't want to get better. You know, there, there are things, you know, people have reasons sometimes for being where they are in their lives. Maybe there's a lesson they need to learn that the illness has to teach them, or maybe they're not interested in witchcraft and would be uncomfortable by the thought of you doing that, in which case respect their right to say no. So yeah, if you're going to do this kind of work for somebody else, just ask first. I mean, a lot of people will be very grateful and appreciative but some people would say, oh, back away from me, scary lady. And then, just, you know, gracefully do that. Yes. No, I, I'm in 100% agreement, too. Never without permission. And I think the majority of us are in, in the craft. Because for me, it, it's you create the world you live in. You know, I don't want somebody doing something to for even for me without asking or about my permission right. so why would i do it to somebody else yeah so. this is one of the reasons why i'm sort of anti-love spell because there is very little way to do that without influencing somebody else possibly against their will i you know if somebody asks me for love spells i do like an opening to love spell to make yourself more open for it to come along or a very general spell that doesn't say anybody specific, doesn't have anybody specific in mind, because that kind of stuff will backfire on you. Yep. Um, I'd be the stalker that couldn't get rid of it, and they're it, obsessed with you, and you don't know why. Exactly. Yeah, yeah when, I was, when I was a baby witch, uh, that was my one biggest mistake, was I, I cast a love spell on somebody, and then when I decided I was wrong, I could not get rid of him. Yeah. It took a year. I'm not kidding. So, yeah, don't do it. Don't be me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I would have never, would never. People come all the time. Oh, but but they're my soulmate. Okay, then fine. No, no, no. But it, it, they just don't if, know if me If they're that. your soulmate, they will figure it out eventually exactly. on their own. And if they don't, then they're probably not your soulmate. And you exactly. just get another cat. Help here. <laughs> just do what Deb does, get another cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, with like spell work, do you do you do do you add a lot of spell work to your day to day life? Is it or um, in little ways? Um, I, and it sort of depends on what you call spell work. I actually um, I have fibromyalgia, so I'm in a lot of pain and I, and I get migraines. So I I sometimes take a handful of ibuprofen. And I have a tiny little spell that I say when I take my painkillers to hopefully keep them from hurting me and, you know, keep them from, you know, and make them work correctly. And it's something I don't even really think about it. Um, now, of course, now that I need it, can I think of it? Uh, uh, let's see. Nope, of course not. It's completely gone out of my brain. And, and you know, I, there's a little spell I say when I'm trying to fall asleep, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm more likely to do sort of intention without words to go with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's a little bit at this point, it's more about focusing on, on, you know, sending out the energy that I want, you know, during formal rituals, you know, when the group gets together or if there's something in particular that, you know, I'm, I'm actually working on, then I do spells. Um, but not not quite so much in like the daily activity because i i think really just sending that intention out there just sending the intention out there is is enough for the daily stuff yeah me too the the more i do this the longer i do this the simpler things get as a rule as a day -to -day. yeah and that is you know <laughs> it's one of the things when you start out you you need the 
bits and pieces. You need the the framework of the ritual. You need all of the steps, you know, like casting the quarters and, you know, casting the circle, calling the quarters, invoking the god and goddess. And we still do that some of the time. Some of the time we don't cast a formal circle. We just sort of sit around and start in because we've been doing it so long, we can get into that mind space and sort of create sacred space without having to go through all of those things. When you're first starting out, it can be extremely helpful and remembering to ground, that's a that's a tricky one. Um, you know, especially if you're doing things with energy, if you don't ground, sometimes you end up walking out of ritual and your head's like all fuzzy and buzzy. And But that's one of the things that cakes and ale is good for. Uh, a lot of times at the end of a ritual, we have what we call cakes and ale. It isn't necessarily cake or ale. It's something to eat and something to drink that's, you know, passed around the circle if you're a group or you eat it by yourself. And that physical act of eating helps ground you back. And I do still do things like that because if I'm in sacred space, I have to delineate some way that I'm coming back. Yeah, no, 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 you have to. And that is grounding. I Almost everything has a purpose, even if it seems like it's romantic, whatever. There's right. almost what people think are old wives tales or this or that. There's reasons for it. And I always... You have to ground or else you get what they, I always call a ritual hangover the next day. Oh, it's like, absolutely. I felt like I drank a bottle of whiskey and I haven't drank in three months. What? Yeah. yeah. You know. And that is one of the things that you have to remind the, the new folks about is that you can get so caught up in the excitement of doing it that you forget these little tiny practical things. And then you think, oh, I don't like this. This doesn't make me feel good. It's because you forgot to ground and, and, you know, or you, or you forgot to say thank you, you know, always say thank you at the end of a ritual. Um, You know, if you have invited in the elements and you have, you know, asked the God or goddess or both to join you, just say thank you. They're much more likely to show up the next time. Exactly. Just like people. Just, just like, like people, <laughs> just like yes. respect, only, only and appreciate more powerful. So don't tick them off. Yeah, yes, respect and appreciation. And right. yeah, just like the cakes and ale, then you start talking about regular things. Is that getting mundane? Right. Has the crossing of the broom very different? This is my magical world. Yep. Now we talk about dumb TV shows or whatever. I I like the separation very clearly. Yeah. Well, one of the things about being in circle that I've always really liked is they talk about practicing with reverence and mirth. Mm -hmm. And the reverence part means be respectful of the fact that you are in this sacred space. And the mirth part means, and don't take yourself too seriously. We, you know, Blue Moon Circle, we like to call ourselves fire impaired witches. (laughs) We have a hard time lighting the bonfire. We have a hard time getting the candles lit and keeping them lit. It's just a thing. I don't know. And so when we try and light the candle and the wind blows it out four times in a row, we just laugh. You know, we don't go, oh, no, the ritual is ruined because we couldn't get the candle lit. We just move along to the next candle. And I think that's an important thing, too, is that you want to, yeah, keep that reverence. Don't mix the mundane with the magical. Don't be sitting there chatting. Don't leave. Don't bring your phone in to leave your phone outside, turn it off, you know, whatever. But also have fun. You know, to me, one of the things that I love about witchcraft as a spiritual path and as a religion is it can be very joyful. You know, um, we've used bubbles to blow wishes out into the universe as part of our ritual. And, you know, people say, well, isn't that silly? And I say, and your point? <laughs> you know, what, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with silly. The gods don't mind silly as long as the intent behind it is still very serious. Yeah. Bubbles are one of my favorite things. I, I thought I invented that. No, I live in the Hollywood Hills. High fire danger. When we oh. want to go out, we want to be in nature in the middle of it. I won't light a candle. You can't light right. a candle. It's illegal to light a candle. The what magic you could do with bubbles, here's your air element. Then you're sending mm-hmm. it off. It's Yep. Well, and here in upstate New York, where I live, we do have times when it's dry and they have the fire warnings. And we will not do the bonfire 
And you know, we're we are very careful because it's a nature-based religion. Probably burning down the forest would not be a good way to celebrate. <laughs> right. The the fig gets so mad at you. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Yeah, always um, alternatives. That's one of the things that I say to people. Um, you know, just because traditionally we use a candle or traditionally you use a rock, you know, there's always something that you can substitute. You know, say you can't light incense or sage to be air, use a feather. Yeah. You know, uh, there's there's always use your breath. You know, there's always something that you can do instead. I like. When we can't use candle candles, those little battery-powered candles, those things, they look very realistic. They've, they've gotten wonderful. And sometimes, like, if I'm doing a spell that I want to leave the candle burning overnight, I'll start with the real candle, and then when I, I'm leaving the room or going to bed, I put out the real candle, light one of the battery-powered ones, which will not set my house on fire or a cat will knock it over, and it it can transfer. It's fine to be yeah. flexible, I guess, is, is what I tell everybody. Right. And it's a belief system. That's it's my way or the highway. We're not that it's like, you yeah. you don't have a green candle for money. Well, what if purple means money for me? Go with the purple. It's, it's, or, or if you only have a white candle, tie a piece of green string around yeah. the bottom. I mean, there's always some way to, to wing it. I am, I am yeah. the queen of witchcraft winging it. Ah, which is makes it fun and still reverent. No, I do have so many places where I cannot burn anything. Um, even on the TV show, Ghost Adventures, Zach, you can't, you can't burn herbs. You can't have stuff. He has right. allergies. It's like, I will put the tiniest bit of an essential oil of that lavender or of right. that sage in a spritz of very you know, purified water. It's like, you just come up with whatever oh, you yeah. want. I used to go to uh, Pantheacon out in uh, San Jose all the time. And when I led rituals there, you could, it's in a hotel. You could not have a candle. You couldn't have sage. You know, I would hold up the sage unlit and I would just go, okay, here's the essence of sage. Exactly. Get creative. <laughs> and again, it is all intent. Like you said, right. it's all about Heart, down mind, to that. and spirit. Those are the only real tools you need. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, do you have anything planning, any new things coming up for you now that you want to talk about yet? Well, of course, the book. Yeah. Uh, this is coming out September 8th. So I'm, I'm, you know, busy sort of trying to make people aware of it, you know, all over the Internet. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter. So, I, you know, I talk about it there and, and try and share little bits and pieces. And, and I have a Patreon. And so my Patreon people get sneak peeks before everybody else does because they're special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, a lot of the next month will be spent sort of getting the word out and, and doing promotion for this. Um, you know, I've got a number of, of other sort of chats set up. Uh, but I'm also working on my next book for Llewellyn because there's always something something next, um, which is actually, um, uh, let me think of what is the name of it. It is the eclectic, which is, uh, the, the eclectic, which is coven magic for two or more many years ago when way back in the beginning, my first book was called circle coven and grove. And it was a, it was basically based on the first year of practice that my group did. It had full moon, new moon, and Sabbath holiday rituals for a whole year's worth of practice because I wished when I started as a new high priestess that I had a book that was like that and I couldn't find one. So after practicing together for a while, I wrote one. And my practice as a, as a coven witch has changed a lot over the years. And people are always asking me, you know, how do I do this in a group? How do I do that in a group? And I thought, you know, maybe it's time for sort of an updated version of this that more reflects the way my, uh, my practice is now, you know, the way my group practice is now. And I also called on some friends of mine. I have a really good friend who's been practicing with one other person 
for many, many years. A coven can be two people. It doesn't have to be 13. Mine has never been 13. I think we had 11 at one point. We're usually three to five. Um, and then my stepdaughter who lives out in San Jose, she has this very sort of loosely internet group of people who follow the same general spiritual path and they do a very informal kind of, it's not even really a coven, but it is group work. You know, somebody will put out the call and say, Ooh, let's get together for, you know, Samhain and whoever feels like showing up shows up. So there's going to be a section for that kind of practice. And then there's going to be a section for really big groups. And of course, a, a lot about, about the way I practice. That's, so that's what I'm working on right now. Um, and I also write fiction. I don't know if you knew that. Um, but yeah, I have a cozy mystery series and this uh, based on a, a rundown shelter, which was inspired actually by the shelter that two of my cats came from locally. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the second book in that series is coming out in November. So yeah, I'm, I'm a busy little witch. You are uh, a busy little witch. I am. So, and that's um, of course not counting the day job. That's great. And you're an artist and you run an art co. All of it is amazing. And for those of you, a lot of you are audio, not visual. The book is gorgeous. I'm, you touch it. It's shiny. It's, 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 it's gorgeous. So yeah, I can't and wait to get it, it will be available in, you know, like the Kindle form, you know, it'll be, and I believe they're going to put out an audio book of it too. Although of course, then you don't get the pretty pictures and, and, you know, the great thing about having the physical book is you can write down you know, okay, here's what I did on the autumn equinox, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yet this book, you know, I love all my books, you know, it's like having children, you know, I love all my books, but I am so super excited about sharing this one with the world because I think people are going to find it really useful and helpful. Yeah, I, I agree. And also it's pretty and I just like pretty. Right. I do too. I will. Yeah. Sitting there would be beautiful. So before we go, so tell people where they can find you. They're uh, all going, hmm, I like everywhere. this. Lady. I'm everywhere. Uh, actually, I'm not everywhere. I don't understand this TikTok thing. So don't look for me there. Um, but uh, my main website is DebraBlakeAuthor.com. And it's Deborah spelled the long biblical way, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. Uh, so, yeah, if you go looking online for Deborah Blake author, you'll find me. I guarantee it. And there I have links for, you know, my Facebook page and my blog and which I don't use a lot these days, but I do put contests and giveaways up there. So you might want to check it out. And yeah, my Instagram links and Patreon and Twitter and most places, Twitter, I'm at Deborah Blake, Facebook at Deborah Blake. Uh, let's see. Instagram is at Deborah Blake author. So I'm not exactly hiding. <laughs> you, you can find me if you're looking for me. Googler. Um, yeah, well, I cannot thank you enough. I could, I, we could go for three hours more, so I'll just have to have you back if you will. Yeah, we um, can play with the tarot the next time. Yes, let's play with the tarot. But I'll have to take it back from my Barbie coven. Um, so thank you, Deborah. Everybody check her out. Deborah Blake. Beautiful, and thank you for coming to The Witching Hour. My Paranormal Network.